0: Welcome to my podcast, Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond. It's your host, Dr. Vignesh Devraj. Today, I have a wonderful, inspiring host, Ashdin Doctor. Ashdin Doctor. He also runs his own podcast called Habit Coach, and it is one of the top ten podcasts of the year in iTunes in health and fitness category. And he's also the founder of the online habit coaching program called Awesome 180. And he says that awesome lives starts with awesome habits. A very inspirational personality and a lot to learn with. He practices whatever he preaches. I mean, he preaches whatever he practices. And thank you so much, Hasdin, for being a part of this podcast. So looking forward for all the insights that you're sharing with the world.
1: My pleasure. I'm so excited about this. And so you're Ashtin, absolutely right. Once you practice it, you preach it. <laughs>
0: that's, that's and also it's like a chicken and egg. It goes hand in hand.
1: Correct. Absolutely.
0: So Asdin. Uh, I'm curious about your story. What got you into this? Uh, and I see that your doctor's surname is actually a, i mean, your doctor is actually a surname, but it actually Correct. suits your story very well.
1: <laughs> I, I used to joke saying that sometimes I sound like a doctor, but please, it's my surname. Don't take anything <laughs> as medical <laughs> advice. So, so my, my story started about um, six years ago. So my family business was into market research, consumer understanding, and that's what I was doing for the longest period of time. Mm-hmm. And um, there was absolutely no concept on health mm-hmm. at that point of time, right? Mm-hmm. Six, seven years ago, it was the whole idea was how do you become more productive? How do you, uh, you know, get more clients, et cetera, et cetera. And because I came from a family background, family business background, it was all about proving myself. And always had that chip on my shoulder that, you know, you have to become better than everybody else. You have to prove yourself to everyone else. And when I started my own division, I again had to be the fastest growing division in the company. Mm -hmm. You know, those were the kinds of thoughts that were constantly built up in me. And I was in a very unhealthy relationship and all of that created this perfect storm of where I just didn't think about my health at all. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And um, I would sleep about four hours a night. Uh, morning breakfasts were cornflakes with milk, lots of sugar and juice, right? Everything that we thought what branding and marketing companies told us was healthy was what we were doing. And, um, and the turning point happened was one day I was getting ready for a presentation and I was putting on my shirt and I started perspiring profusely. I felt my heartbeat, you know, tremor, start becoming fast. I didn't know what was happening and I collapsed on the floor. Mm-hmm. So that was the starting point when I said that, you know, you can't really live like this. But, you know, being the typical type of person at that point of time, I said that I shrugged it off and I said, you know what, this is how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Take it as a victory medal. You know, it shows that you're working hard. All of that was the kind of thought process that was there in my mind. Mm-hmm. And so stupid when you think about it in hindsight. By that point of time, that's, that's what you knew. Um, later on, once I got out of that relationship, etc., a large part of my life changed and being again the type A person, I gave myself the hardest goal that I could possibly think of when it came to health
2: mm-hmm. because
1: I was nice and tubby. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, I want to get a six pack. <laughs> so the whole goal started from getting a six pack and it started from this aesthetic thing saying that, you know, I want to look good. I wanted this. Mm-hmm. Till I started falling in love with how the body changed. Mm-hmm. You know, very often we just, get so fixated on our goal that we never enjoy the process or never enjoy the journey and that's why so many times we fail and um, what i did was i spent a lot of time learning and experimenting Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i would read a lot watch lots of videos read lots of books and then start implementing them in my life and i realized that exercise and doing thousand crunches are not going to get me six pack. so then i tried i learned about nutrition Then I learned about sleep behaviors. Then I learned about um, how important breathing is in the whole system. And if you're stressed out, there's no way that you can. So it was this combination that I suddenly fell in love with, saying that our body is so miraculous. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to habits, I break them up into these six foundations, which are nutrition, movement. So not just exercise, but daily movement, hydration, breathing, something that we don't think about, sleep, and Mm de-stressing. Um, this, this, in fact, this whole process started because friends would come and tell me that, you know, we've seen you change, but how do we do that?
2: Mm-hmm. Because we
1: don't have your motivation and we don't have your self-discipline. And I realized that that was going to be a big challenge because if people in the starting point only don't believe that they have the motivation or self-discipline, how are they ever going to take yes. that next step or exactly. even begin? Right? Mm-hmm. So I had to figure out a way of saying that you don't need motivation, you don't need self-discipline. Mm-hmm. And in fact, everything that I'm doing with regards to the habit coach is about telling people, it's almost like a war on motivation. Mm-hmm. I'm like the anti-motivation speaker, right? When I say that you don't need motivation, you need two things. You need knowledge, good quality knowledge, because otherwise very often you go down a path that was not necessarily in the direction that you wanted to go. Mm-hmm. So good quality knowledge. And the second is learning how to break things down into small, small aspects that you can do every day without thinking which I call habits, Mm -hmm. because if you can make something a habit, then you don't rely on something big happening instantaneously. You rely on that small habit compounding over a period of time and growing into something bigger. So that is how the whole, you know, the journey of my story turned into this whole idea of habit coaching. And I realized that the best way of doing it is to share. You learn and share and you learn and share.
0: I think our brain, it just has a short circuit when it sees that, oh my God, this is such a huge thing. How do I get it done? And then when you chunk it down into small bits and pieces, oh, this is just small pieces. So I can just take one step at a time. And then soon you realize, wow, I covered a lot of distance and this is how it actually happens. And I think six packs is a fantastic goal.
1: (laughs) 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 Hena. But I keep telling people that, listen, I did this mistake of saying six-pack. You mm-hmm. don't do this mistake of saying six-pack. Because honestly, getting a six-pack is not necessarily healthy. Mm-hmm.
2: Right?
1: You're taking your fat percentage down a little too much.
0: Mm-hmm. You need Unless you're right? a football player or Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> Correct.
1: And that, then you're moving that much as well. Right? Exactly. exactly. Mm.
0: I mean, here, we, uh, we have a lot of coconuts. So you see the coconut climbers to put the coconut. When you look at their body, I mean, how much they exercise every day, they climb about uh, 40 to 50 coconut trees. And the exercise that they do, and if you see them, they eat anything and everything that is given to them. And they, soon after they finish their work, they go and get drunk. But when you look at them, (laughs) they have, uh, they have this aesthetics of someone who is going to a gymnastics or an athlete's body. It's because their workout is so much. But we live in a sitting culture. We live, you know, not much of movement. So it's a bit counterproductive for us. Six pack is more about showing off being attractive. But I think we need to align the six packs with our, not just fitness. It's more about vitality that we need.
1: Yes. What are you doing it for?
0: Exactly. That's that's the whole idea. So Ashton, so I see that in your podcast. I mean, I love your podcast. You talk a lot about, you know, cravings, sugar. I mean, Uh, okay when it comes to six packs too many people say six packs are made from the kitchen not from your gym so it's what goes inside that actually matters so how do you you know train your uh, friends who are telling how do i get rid of sugar this is one of the cravings i cannot get rid of so how what are the chunks that habits that you recommend them to start with
1: so uh, this is this is a problem that i have as well Mm -hmm. i'm a sugar fiend i love my sugar Mm -hmm. i love my sweet dishes i love all of that and um, back in the day because it was stress eating the bow on a muffin or a cupcake because that's what you know it was there to quench your stress mm-hmm. and what's interesting about sugar is that you can't slowly slowly wean it out of my out of your life that's mm-hmm. something that I've noticed mm-hmm. um, you know from two spoons to one teaspoon to half a teaspoon to nothing either takes too long and people lose interest in that process. Mm -hmm. So instead of making sugar and cutting out sugar from your life as a habit, what I tell people is that you take it on as a challenge. Mm -hmm. So a challenge is the exact opposite of a challenge is when you do something dramatic for a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. And then if you want, you can continue with it or you can stop. So what I tell people is instead of doing uh, cutting down sugar as a habit, saying from one spoon to half a spoon for one month, try and avoid all sugar.
2: Hmm.
1: Now, why I tell people to do that is that when you tell people to avoid all sugar, their immediate reaction is, okay, but what else can I have? Hmm. Hmm. So, they're automatically looking for substitutes. And very often, you can find better-ish substitutes-ish, better-ish substitutes Hmm. Hmm. than the sugar. So, at least people are moving down that path. Hmm. Hmm. And then, you slowly, slowly get stricter on those substitutes of sugar till at one point of time it leaves your body in your system. Hmm. Hmm. Because, see, sugar is so addictive and it and it fuels your uh, brain with dopamine and it increases your food cravings that very often people cannot stop at just one mm. you know i will have one bite of chocolate it doesn't happen its no one bite of chocolate turns into four or the entire packet so the only way is to actually make a break and say khalas for 30 days i'm not doing this mm-hmm. and that's how i got rid of my sugar cravings as well um, i i did a 100 day challenge Wow. So there was, uh, this was five years ago, there was a friend of mine who was here, in fact, on the farm. And she was telling me about a friend of hers who was addicted to Coca-Cola.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's she used to drink water.
1: about three liters. Sugar water, complete <laughs> sugar water. <laughs> three liters a day,
2: mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm.
1: Of, of Coca-Cola. And she had started the Sunday day no-sugar challenge. Mm-hmm. So I said, I will support her as a complete stranger doing it along with her. So just tell mm-hmm. her that one stranger is doing it with me. mm mm-hmm. And it was life-changing because mm. you suddenly realized that you didn't need the sugar. You realized that you got more energy when you cut out the sugar as opposed to what you would commonly believe that mm. sugar gives you energy. My skin changed, the quality of my skin changed, um, the the way food tasted changed. Mm. Like I remember having my first donut after I broke the 100-day challenge, after the end of the 100-day challenge, the reward. and I took two bites and I had to throw it away because you couldn't understand how sweet something was
0: i think the best analogy you can give is uh, you know suddenly when you enter a, a dim light room mm-hmm. from a very bright room immediately everything looks dark and then slowly okay. your nervous system adapts to that dimness even suddenly everything appears quite bright there because you adapt to that so because we are trained to eat so much of sugar even little sugar we, we don't we become so desensitized to that taste i think that's what happens when you are on that binge sugar and see uh, when you read uh, how the anthropology the evolution of human beings you know we were designed to eat as much as you want because we don't know when the next food was coming you know for our ancestors absolutely so the moment you get something sweet okay suddenly you feel wow i'm going to have energy so when a problem happens i can go and solve it So this trend is, sugar means I'm safe, sugar means I'm happy, sugar means I can solve the problems and the food industry got it and they are least interested about our health. Bring out your credit cards, bring out your money, give us money, we give you instant gratification, hell with your health. (laughs) I think that's how it is going.
1: You know, Vignesh, I think the biggest problem is that we trust uh, brand companies and brand managers more than we trust our scientists and doctors. And we're making choices of what we're putting in our system from somebody who's not trained for it, Mm -hmm. and somebody who has an ulterior motive in it. And I think once you understand that this whole world on why the reason why we are in this situation with regards to health issues, obesity, etc., is that the person who's telling you what to eat has no
0: interest in you. Exactly. I mean, when you question their motive, any drops. Exactly. And uh, how was it after this 100 day challenge that you did? So you cut out sugar like immediately, like, okay, from tomorrow I start this 100 day challenge. So I just eliminate sugar or do I have some kind of a buffer where, you know, for, let's say for five, So I must have done the, yeah, so uh, so when I
1: did it, ah, perfect. That's exactly the thing. Um, when, When I started the no sugar challenge, I said, no, I'm only cutting out white sugar. Mm -hmm. okay Okay. so everything else was fair game so then I learned about date paste and made things out of date paste I was still using uh, your sugar-free artificial sweeteners etc that was the first first time I did it the second time I did it was no honey no date paste no artificial sweetener
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and um, no jaggery of course jaggery was part of the sugar thing in my category and uh, what I tell people now is the first if you're doing a 100-day challenge, first 30 days, don't just basically avoid the refined sugars as much as possible. Or your high fructose corn syrup as well falls into that category. You can have the natural stuff. You can mm-hmm. have your honey. You can have your date paste. Um, you can have fruit juices. I don't recommend at all because mm-hmm. it's an it's an artificial fruit. Like I tell people that, how many oranges can you eat in one sitting? And how many oranges exist in one glass of orange juice?
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: it is just wrong in terms of proportion. So juices in, in any case, that I tell people, I don't recommend. Um, but what I say is that the next 30 days become stricter. And the mm-hmm. next 30 days after that becomes stricter. So then it becomes an easier way to follow. And you don't necessarily need that much discipline to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I see also that you help people for the fat loss. So uh, okay, for me, you know, I run a panchakarma Ayurveda retreat. So people come and say, I have just uh, three weeks, so I'm I have to attend my friend's wedding, and I am the bridesmaid, or this person I have to fit into this dress. And what they do, they diet like you know, like the word diet, the first three uh, letters die. They literally go through that, and then uh, soon after that wedding, they come back and they are even bigger than what they used to be. So I tell them this doesn't work this way. You have to change your lifestyle. So it's not so how do you tell them with the fat loss?
1: Um, so I normally start off by figuring out what is their intention. Mm-hmm. So if it if, if I if their intention is to fit into a, a wedding dress by next week, I say that I'm the wrong person, there are people who are dietitians who will give you a diet. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. go visit them because your goal is that. But if your goal is saying that I realize that my life is not the way I wanted it to be, mm-hmm. I can't even bend down and play with my kid. I can't even do these things that are so basic. That's when I actually start working with them and I ask and, and the starting process is creating an intention where I say
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, I ask them why three times. So they give me an answer and I ask why to that answer and then they give me the next answer and I ask why to that answer. So we, we continue that process. It comes down to a very deep need that there's there in that person.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: could be I want to become a better mother. I want to live longer for my child which could be whatever. But once you get to that need, now you keep playing back that need in the person's mind. I keep Mm -hmm. telling people that fat loss is a mental game. It is not just about I ate less or I ate this, I ate that. Because you will start off full on Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: ready to attack it. And within a few days, one day you are tired and suddenly you will just give up on that diet. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So unless it becomes a part of your system, there's no way that fat loss can exist. Mm-hmm. And in fact, right now on our Instagram channel, we are, conduct, we are running a two-week fat loss journey. Mm-hmm. Where every, every day, I'm giving them a habit that they can start incorporating into their life so that they never have to worry about fat for the future. Mm-hmm. You know, it should never be a thing that we discuss. Like, obesity is something that is completely um, unnecessary for us.
2: Exactly. Right?
1: Uh, it is a function of multiple things. It is a function of overconsumption which our human body was never designed for. Like you were talking about the sweets. Mm-hmm. If you think about sweets in, real, in, in, in nature, they either come as fruits on trees, which happen only during a fixed period of time of a few months, typically before a famine or a drought. Mm-hmm. Um, the second time you get sugar is in the form of honey, which is on top of a cliff on top of a mountaintop, which is anyways hard to go and get. So, the opportunity of having something sweet is very, very hard in nature, mm, but mm, very, very easy in our lives. So the fact that there is so much around, it makes it easier for us to do So coming back to the the, the fat loss thing, I, I know I went off on a tangent there. But it um, was really interesting uh,
0: what you're saying. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy you went out. Just coming to the Thank case. you. <laughs> I,
1: I just looked out and saw a chiku tree. Sorry, <laughs> but um when I was, uh, so so, when you go down this whole fat loss journey, the next aspect to think about is that uh, many people think of it with a deadline. in
2: place. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So a diet is always, I am on a diet, which means that I'm going to be off a diet. Exactly. So a diet is a temporary thing, right? So you can't make a lifestyle out of a temporary thing. is the same way I was talking about sugar. Treat sugar as a challenge. And then eventually it might become a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But the same way, think of a diet as a challenge. So use a diet when you want to break through a plateau. When mm-hmm. you've seen that your fat loss has suddenly stagnated, then go on a diet to either shock the body or tell the body that, you know, there is a new gear that mm-hmm. you can find. Mm-hmm. And then once that becomes normal, that will again become the next normal. So that's how I think of the role of diets in the, in the place of fat loss. But fat loss, you have to have principles by which you eat and principles by which you sleep, principles by which you move. And all of those get together for the fat loss journey.
0: It's interesting you're talking about sleep because uh, if you're not sleeping properly, then the body is going to hold on to that fat because uh, there's no way it can eliminate. And if your body is toxic, fat is one of the best places to store the toxins also. So the body loves to hold on to that. So sleep is one of the best detox therapies we do every day. So it's, it's interesting that you bring up that aspect of sleep.
1: It's the easiest way to lose fat. just sleep Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and it's so interesting that you mentioned the toxins that are fat store toxins. Mm-hmm. And many people feel sick as they start losing weight. Because, yeah, because these the toxins, toxins have been toxins stored start coming out.
0: That's the whole idea about that. And uh, when you understand when you tell them about exercise you know you talk about the people think okay when i do exercise this is something like uh, many people have the mentality i go and have six packs and that's it now i can eat popcorn for the rest of my life or they don't take it as a lifestyle and when you tell them you have to reduce sugar they think oh my god then that means something beautiful is going to be lost from my lifestyle i'm going to be deprived of something that is so good so how to change that mindset you know you're not actually releasing something you're actually enhancing the quality of your life we have this mindset the more sugar means better happiness it's not the more so somewhere we have to give that ideology you're not actually depriving something you're actually enhancing the quality of your life so how do you put that mindset do you give them some techniques for that
1: so uh, it's so funny we're talking about this because tomorrow's podcast that's coming out is one aspect is this. I see. where um, Where people say when they're on a diet that I can't eat this. Mm-hmm. Right? And as soon as you say I can't, you put into a, a, a deprivation mindset. Exactly. right? A mindset of loss that you know I can't. There's no way that I can have this. Mm-hmm. But what it is is that when you're on a diet, you should say I either choose not to have this. That means the choice is yours. Right? It is not something that has been taken away from you but you have chosen using your judgment on something. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I say is that before eliminating, you have to uh, you have to add. Mm-hmm. So before you remove ice creams from your life, learn to make ice creams out of fruits, for example. Mm-hmm. Before you remove brownies from your life, learn to make a nice hot chocolate drink, mm-hmm. which does not necessarily have the same calories as it. So, So learn to increase your repertoire of food before you start the elimination. Because this was a mistake I made with a lot of people when I started talking to them. And I was like, oh, nightshades out, grains out, milk out, this out. And they're like, Baba, what do I eat? (laughs) And I I remember I had also gone through a similar phase. But then you suddenly realize that there's so much food that we are just not having. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And very often, the way that our food pyramid or, or or our food structure is, that you're having the same raw ingredient in multiple forms mm. in the same meal or across the day, mm-hmm. right? You're having, uh, um, so for example, like a, a dosa, etc., etc., is, is rice and then you'll have rice again for lunch and then you'll have rice again. Um, similarly with desan,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you basically gram that you're having as flour. So it's the raw ingredient is the same. You're just having it in different forms. And to increase the repertoire, it also means increase the repertoire of ingredients that you have. So try out new things and experiment with yourself. And I think a big issue is that people are not just willing to experiment and try. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you experiment, you learn for yourself and saying that is does this suit my body or not? Mm -hmm. And, you know, getting that intelligence of realizing that this suits me or this doesn't suit me is the next level. I know in Ayurveda, everybody's body is different. Mm-hmm. And, and that is the starting point, uh, uh, understanding yes. that, you know, your body is different from my body's and hence the things that work for you won't work for me. Mm-hmm. So similarly, you have to figure out what are the things that will work for you? What are the things that won't in the process of experimentation?
0: It's interesting you're talking about, you know, you have to have a healthy substitute before you give up something. And this reminds me of a research that was done. A company came up with, you know, we can help you give up smoking immediately. And what they did was, uh, the moment somebody smoked, they would give an electric shock. And for the first six months, it became a huge success because the moment they started associating, like the Pavlos doctor, you know, there was bell, there was food. uh, Suddenly they started associating, okay, smoking means immediate pain. But within a few months, after it became successful, it went bankrupt because... People who quit smoking, they went on to binge eat. So uh. That, uh, that substitute was not already thought of. So our brain yes. does not like, I'm going to miss out on something. No, it always wants, okay, if I have this, I have something better. That idea gives a lot of confidence in all of us. So it's very interesting that you talk about, let's have something natural. which At the same time, you don't feel that you're tricking yourself. You're not missing anything. Actually, you're only enhancing and you're getting a benefit of health and uh, Correct. how you do know, you know like uh, one
1: of the questions yes sorry go ahead, go ahead. Uh, just to add to that yes. one of the questions i get often asked is about bad habits right mm-hmm. they're like oh you're a habit coach how do i get rid of bad habits right that's the <laughs> first thing that normally people ask and i keep saying that i don't touch bad habits
2: mm-hmm.
1: i don't work on bad habits because mm-hmm. a bad habit for you is a crutch mm-hmm. right i work on making your legs strong i don't work on removing the crutch from under you because when you remove the crutch from somebody, they can't walk, and then they'll hold on to the wall. They'll hold on to something else. But if I can make their legs stronger, where they don't require the crutch, the crutch falls aside. Exactly. So I've worked with many people, and over the course of working with them, their bad habits have fallen to the wayside. Mm-hmm. It was never an intention.
0: I, I think uh, in Ayurveda, one of the many of the textbooks, after the introduction of Ayurveda, the first chapter that talks. It's, it's, we are not talking about what is the disease, what are the causes of disease. It talks about healthy lifestyle. And, and the topic is, if you do this, you don't need to read the rest, next rest. You know There is a scientific reason why it starts with that. You become rich by learning how rich people live. You don't become rich by learning how poor people live. That's Get not it. the way it is. So I think we have to train them. Let us focus on what are the healthy habits. Then the bad habits just, there's no space for you because you are filled with good habits there is no space for the bad habits to come and i so think beautifully but and then some people ask okay i come and do these therapies and you know i come and do the panchakarma and i get into this healthy lifestyle but when i go back there is a possibility i will get back to that and usually what happens when people fall into this habit lifestyle for 21 days or some people more what happens is when they go back they feel oh i don't need that anymore you know they feel so good inside <laughs> The need for that bad habits that used to be a distraction, it just uh, goes off. That need just goes off. So I think our Correct. challenge is those 100 days challenge. When you do that for 100 days, you feel, okay, now I don't need that anymore. I think that's where the yes. whole idea is. That's
1: yeah. where the whole idea of the challenge is.
0: Exactly. And in
1: fact, you know, one, something very interesting for you and your guests is, I'm sure people come here, love the lifestyle, want to take the lifestyle back. But as soon as they go back, the lifestyle disappears. Mm -hmm. And a problem with that is that our environment makes a big uh, impact on the way our habits form. So the habits that they develop here with you, uh, maybe not using their phone after nine or whatever Mm -hmm. it it was, when they go back, they suddenly are thrust back into a very different world. So the habits change. And one, maybe, you know, a simple tip that you could give them is, in the middle of their process or towards the end, make them visualize what their day would look like and where each of these habits can be formed in. And mm. what are the changes that they could do when they go back. So it's not that they land in that environment and they make the choice, they make the choice in this environment for that.
0: I think people who plan it in advance, they are much better in executing it than people who leaves it for a random choice to happen. Absolutely. And I think when you said this, I remember one uh, research article on willpower. So they were trying to find out uh, what uh, is it really willpower that makes people uh, have discipline. And what they found out was they were classifying two groups, people who are disciplined and people who are not disciplined. And what they found out, they could not understand the difference between the willpower because the willpower was the same in both of them. But what they understood was people who are disciplined, they avoided environments where they will be triggered. Like, like if binge eating is your issue, you avoided going to buffets, you avoided going to places where you get unhealthy food and you, okay, that's the place. If I go there, I'm going to eat those things. So you avoid that and you have this. So I think, I mean, that's what we created here. You know, we avoid buffets. We give them what is. So when, you're no, when you don't have these distractions, you feel, okay, now I don't have to invest a lot of my nervous energy fighting that trigger. So I could use Correct. my energy for something better, something creative, something fruitful in my life. So I think that's the whole idea of environment. See, environment, we are so much distracted with so much of sugar. Every nook and corner, you will see a Domino's, Starbucks, uh, KFC, McDonald's. So these all are triggers where we have no other choice. Unless you are so conscious, you know, you are so passionate about your health and vitality, it becomes so difficult. So, Ashton, would I think you,
1: need- you... require that willpower to push it aside. Exactly. You don't need that.
0: Exactly. The willpower is used to choose your environment, not to fight that trigger. That's what we need. Correct. Like
1: once I made made it as a challenge again, Mm -hmm. for one month not to eat outside food at all. So no going out to restaurants, no ordering in outside food, nothing. It was all either home cooked food or I would fast. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a fascinating experiment because the number of friends that were like, oh, you're a bore now because you don't come and eat out with us was one way of looking at it. But the, what I was doing was I was teaching myself in mm-hmm. an extreme situation. How do I not require and what are the things I don't require from the outside world? Mm-hmm. And now what I do is if I have if I'm invited for a dinner, I have an early dinner at home, 6.37, and then I head out and I don't eat anything there. Mm-hmm. And now, because my friends understand me, they're like, oh, he's a nutcase, he's not going to eat anything. But at least he's <laughs> invited.
0: So That's interesting. So, Ashtin, to all the listeners, if somebody is having a difficulty with fat loss, what would be three simple steps that they could follow? According to you, With the, I mean, uh, I used to be a fat person once and then I, I'm sure that was also one of your stories. So, what would you recommend as three basic foundation habits? Little ones, when you follow this, slowly that will have the dominoes effect.
1: So, the first one is get rid of junk and processed food for sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so make sure that your uh, pantry is clean, so mm-hmm. that your environment, like you were saying, is a is, is does not have these temptations. If mm-hmm. you need to, you have to go down and get it, but that's again a step. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to wear your shoes, etc. So make sure that your house is, does not have these junk foods, processed foods. Try and keep it as clean as possible. Um, these are the habits, huh? So we had spoken about the intention, which was before. The second one is I think the process of fasting was something that made a big big difference for me. Mm-hmm. um I started intermittent fasting like five years ago before the whole trend of intermittent fasting was cool, and I realized that humans have been fasting for a long time, so mm-hmm. it's not something new that we were inventing. but why fasting is important on multiple levels? One is of course, it reduces the amount of consumption taking place so mm-hmm. if if you're if you're fat because you're um, because of the amount of consumption, this helps that. But the second thing is it helps regularize your blood sugar, mm. and that is so important in today's world because our blood sugar is all over the place. Exactly. And the kind of food that we eat again spikes it, drops it, and uh, it's it's causing havoc. Type two diabetes is on the rise. Why? Obesity is on the rise. Why? It's all this regularisation of blood sugar. And then the, the last one is. Learning to set meals in place that you know are good for you Mm -hmm. and that you can eat. So what I tell people is make a menu Mm
2: -hmm.
1: of seven dishes, eight dishes that you know you enjoy. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's never about depriving yourself. So you know that you enjoy that fall into the basket of being fresh foods. Um, If you're having a non-vegetarian, which ones you're going to be having? Mm -hmm. Plan it out. And then work towards having those as much as possible. So very often, you know, um, if, you, if you're if you going to be having two meals a day,
2: mm-hmm.
1: if you're going to have one meal outside, one meal inside, there's still 50% there. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. That, that 50% to making a 75% change changes the way that your body adapts dramatically. Exactly. So if you only eat outside food or you only eat what I call kachra, For, you know, a couple of meals, it makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. So planning your meals, intermittent fasting and getting rid of junk. I think these three are very, very important practices from the food standpoint.
0: I think that itself will have the compound effect later. You just need to give it some time.
1: Dramatically, Mm -hmm. because these three have the ability to become your lifestyle. They are not something that you're forcing on yourself. They are not something temporary for a quick turnaround time it is something that is going to make a difference to who you are as a person and once your identity changes then you're on the right path because then you'll never choose something against your identity
0: exactly so i think we also need to associate my identity is i'm a healthy person i am a person with a lot of vitality and i have good immunity i think that association of myself with something who is someone who's really healthy that's also a foundation to in fact being healthy is so easy If you look at the price we pay for being unhealthy, my goodness, you know, doctor visits, uh, your work is affected, your life is affected, your relationship is affected, your productivity is affected. When you're healthy, everything just, you know, it just makes just one single thread. When you pull it, everything else in your life becomes just fantastic.
1: And it costs so less. Exactly. Right? Like fasting is like cheaper than free.
0: Exactly. (laughs) It's amazing. I mean, you can work out in your yoga mat today, you know, with the uh, lockdown, you will see in uh, all the Instagram and YouTube, there are so many, you don't have to need a membership in a hi-fi gym, you can do it just in your home, it's just a mentality that we need to set up Correct,
1: absolutely. And um, I think this lockdown has done a brilliant thing financially, we just <laughs> realized how much we can save.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I mean, how much we can spend less and still meet all our needs, you know.
1: Yeah. Like, why were we spending so much money? <laughs>
0: exactly. It's just
1: it's like shocking.
0: That's another good side of the lockdown that we can observe. Mm-hmm. A- any books that you recommend that influenced you? Any two, three books that you feel that helped you?
1: Um, there's a very nice book called um, Success Principles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's here somewhere. I'm luckily standing next to all the books that I got here.
2: Okay.
1: By Jack Canfield. Called Uh success principles. It's a very nice book, not from a health perspective, not from a health perspective, Mm -hmm. but from the perspective of understanding your mind, understanding rules to live by. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I think you know, as soon as you understand the concept of principles, and you align your being with that principle, everything starts forming in in place. Exactly. And all of us need to build principles for ourselves that we live by. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it could be honesty. It could be uh, eating healthy. It could be putting our health first. It could be putting parents first. Whatever principles. But we must have principles to live by. So that was one. Uh, the second one is a lovely tiny book. It's called The Richest Man in Babylon, mm-hmm. which is again about finance. Mm-hmm. And it's a cute book on on the, the, the very basic elements of understanding saving.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: if you understand that, see, you know, I keep telling people that If you want to reach that level of happiness, you have to have your basics in place. And your basics are your mental uh, security, your social security, and your financial security. Only once you have these three can you think about your own health. Exactly. So financial security is an important aspect of this. So Richest Man Babylon fits that. Um, What are the other books that... uh, I think uh, from a habits point of view, there's a fantastic book called Atomic Habits that mm-hmm. everyone should read. Man, that is inspired, another very, yeah. very good book. Yeah. I think those three books are good. I, I normally don't like answering this question because honestly, there are so many, many books, books and oh, different yeah. <laughs> aspects and, and like they take you down a different path altogether. And I think that's mm-hmm. the beauty of reading.
0: I think when you're talking about the success principles, you know, it's about becoming who you are, so that the outcome is a natural side product. Uh, instead of yeah. thinking about, I want six packs, focus on being a person who loves to work out. I think that's the whole idea that you're talking about. So Correct. It's what is process the process happen- that is important. Exactly. That was really a fantastic, uh, insightful discussion with you, Ashton Doctor. I look forward uh, to many of your podcasts that's coming. So how can people reach out to you?
1: So the easiest way is through Instagram. Mm -hmm. I am Doc, Mm A-S-H-D-I-N-D-O-C on Instagram. So please follow me there. Uh, Do listen to the podcast. It's called The Habit Coach by Ashton Doctor. Mm -hmm. And um, if you prefer videos, uh, there's a channel called Awesome 180. Mm -hmm. And um, you can check out the videos there. And the website, of course, is awesome180.com.
0: Sure. I'll be uh, putting all these uh, details in my show notes so they can reach Perfect. out to you. This was fantastic Perfect. and uh, so happy to connect with someone like in our tribe uh, with the habits and thank you health so much. and vitality. And thank you so much. I absolutely
1: love this. And best of luck for your podcast.
0: Sure. Thank you so much. If you are interested in knowing more about the habits to become your healthiest version according to Ayurveda, I'm holding an online workshop this coming Sunday, which is the 21st of June. The events of this program, I have attached it on the show notes of this podcast. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, subscribe it and review it and please share it with your friends.